The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you so much for joining me, whether it's live or on demand. We appreciate all of our listeners. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. In particular, we like to provide information about better daily choices we can all make to support our health and remain in a state of ease, instead of degraded, such that we wind up in a state of dis-ease. And today, our guest is teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant, Monica Corrado. Monica is passionate about illuminating the connection between food and well-being. She's a dynamic teacher, speaker, consultant, and author who loves to share the tools, knowledge, and inspiration to cook nourishing traditional food. Monica has been teaching food as medicine throughout the U.S. for almost 10 years. After 18 years in sustainable food sourcing and preparation, menu design, and management, she's a member, an honor, a member of the honorary board of the Weston A. Price Foundation, and started her own Cooking for Well-Being teacher training program in 2012. Monica's current work focuses on the gut-brain connection. She enjoys empowering others by teaching them how to heal a leaky gut through food via the GAPS, or Gut and Psychology Syndrome, Protocol, and others. She has had tremendous results with those on the autism spectrum, ADHD, and autoimmune disorders. And we're going to talk about all of this, which I'm really looking forward to. And you can learn more about her work at simplybeingwell.com. Welcome to Jen R. Monica. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandra. I'm really thrilled to be here. Great. Let's get started then. Uh, And let's begin by talking about your background. So what is meant by a teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant? How did you obtain these credentials? Well, a teaching chef is um, a term that I I came up with myself because I am a chef that teaches. So... um, When you write traditional food chef or chef um, next to your name, people assume that you have a restaurant or a catering company or, you know, or do personal chefing or whatever. So I had to figure out a way to actually talk about what I do. So I'm a teaching chef. So I go around teaching people how to cook. Um, I teach classes. Um, Yeah. So 
that's where Teaching Chef came from. And you do internationally and nationally as well. You travel all over the place. Yes, yes, yes. Isn't that fun? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Internationally and nationally. Um, Started out by teaching in the D.C. metro area. And I had, uh, did most of my teaching there. I started there, um, golly, almost 10 years ago. And now I've taught in Canada. And um, I will be teaching in Peru later this month. And next year, Paris. So, yes, internationally. Wow. Nice. Okay. I also have um, graduates of my teacher training program in Mexico and Canada and Hong Kong. So they come to me also to learn. Yes. Wonderful. So, and in terms of a, a certified nutrition, so actually let me back up. So I had, um, an organic and biodynamic catering company in Washington, D.C. from 2000 to about 2005 when everyone thought organic meant brown rice and tofu. So there was quite a large, large learning curve there. Um, and when I closed, I closed that to start teaching. So I was a chef and then I started teaching. That's the whole teaching chef thing. Understood. And in terms of a certified nutrition consultant, um, I took a training program, golly, I don't even know, probably 2007-ish um, in holistic nutrition, and um, I have that as a background so that I can, uh, let me back up. So I use that knowledge of, of holistic nutrition in my teaching, so that when people come to me or I go to them to teach cooking classes, it's really about the why and the how. So it's not just going off to a culinary school or a cooking school and learning how to slice, dice, and saute. It's really learning the traditional techniques and the why we do what we do. So that keeps oh. it a little bit going for that particular um, training really helped to give me a, a, a more depth to the teaching itself. That oh, makes sense. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, the why and the how. So basically, the why is producing food, which is not only delicious, but also really nourishes the body. So yes. that's a really yes. great combination, which yeah, yeah. leads us to my next question, which is a statement that a lot of people know that let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Uh, Though today many people associate medicine with synthetic pharmaceutical drugs, but you believe very firmly that food is medicine like Hippocrates did. So what does that mean to you? How do you put that into practice? Wow. Well, I really just um, know that food is the foundation of health for this body of ours, this physical body, and that the body really requires um, nutrients, certain nutrients to be able to thrive. And um, when I work with people one-on-one or I teach classes, what I see is that there are many, many wonderful modalities out there to help people come back to balance. Um, alternative, I like alternative modalities. They're going to be less quote-unquote alternative, like 
acupuncture and um, yoga and, um, you know, craniosacral therapy, all sorts of things that can balance you. But what I find is that, or what I have found over the years, is that the food is the foundation. You can do many, many things to the body, but if it doesn't have the fuel required, the nutrients required, um, A, uh, it, it may not work at all, your other modalities, and B, if it does work, it's only going to work for a certain amount of time. It won't hold. These particular modalities won't hold. So it's just like lately I've been using the analogy of a car, you know? Yes. You can't run a car with no fuel, with an empty gas tank. And certainly you can't run a car with, um, you know, <laughs> rocks in, it, in the tank or, you know, things that are um, things made in the lab that are just uh, random chemicals. But right. uh, you can't run a body without... The food. So that's the first piece is the understanding that food is the foundation. If you want to be well, one has to look at what are you putting in your mouth? What is it that you're using to give this body what it needs to be able to thrive? So I'm going to keep saying that word thrive because mm. I'm about thriving and not surviving. And many of the people that um, finally come to work with me, you know, have been surviving. Um, and because of the junk that's out there in our food supply for the last mm, 50, 60 years, and we could talk more about that later on, how we got this bad. But So, you know, I just say food is the foundation and food can absolutely be the majority of the cure. Totally agree. We can talk more about where that is, you know, how that applies, and in what, in what, uh, what situations, etc. Yeah, let's uh, in the last four minutes or so that we have in this segment, let's talk about something more specific, and that is what you're working on right now, which is the gut-brain connection, which is very important. Yes. So, yes. what does that mean? How are they connected, and why is that important? Golly gee, Willikers. Okay, so. <laughs> It is a favorite, favorite subject of mine, and I am working on several different pieces to help people uh, get the gut healed so that the brain can work. Um, so the gut-brain connection has become kind of much more in the public uh, sphere, if you will, within the last maybe five to eight years, I'm guessing. Um, but it's just the fact that if you're... Two pieces. One, if your gut is not working, if it has leaks and holes in it, then necessarily your brain is not going to work. So that's the first piece. And the second piece is that the gut itself actually um, produces all sorts of things that the brain that uh, keep you and your brain in balance. So it's kind of like from both sides. If it's not working, then you can get all sorts of toxins in the bloodstream, which will make, meaning if the gut is not working correctly, um, you can get lots of toxins in the bloodstream um, so that the brain doesn't work and that the gut itself has all sorts of functions that keep your brain and your whole being in a, uh, in a, in a happy mood, in a fight-or-flight mood. What's going on? So 
the gut-brain connection is really phenomenally interesting to me. Um, and what's really uh, amazing is, is the fact that so many, uh, if not all, of the disorders that are currently prevalent in this culture, uh, in our society, in the U.S., can be traced to a gut, quote-unquote, that leaks. Boom. All yeah, that's, so, yep. Yeah. That's, yep. that's a powerful point, yes. And let's go ahead and get ready for our first break on that note. We will come okay. back to talking about the gut and about what Monica was alluding to, leaky gut, because like she said, what we're learning, so many things regarding health come back to having a healthy gut and a healthy microbiome. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I am talking to Monica Corrado about her work as a teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant who focuses on food as medicine, and specifically the importance of foods which support a healthy gut microbiome, as we just started talking about. And in the next segment, we're going to continue to focus on this and get into the gaps or gut and psychology syndrome protocol to heal a lot of these issues. Monica is very passionate about that. So let's thank you for joining us and stay tuned for more great stuff from our special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. 
To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant, Monica Corrado. And in the last segment, Monica discussed the importance of the brain-gut connection. And we just started talking about something called leaky gut. So let's expand on that a bit. Monica, what do you mean by a leaky gut? Okay, a leaky gut, first of all, uh, we need to know that when we're talking about a leaky gut, we're, we are talking about the part of the small intestine called the duodenum, which is the first part of the small intestine that the stomach dumps into. So when people talk about leaky gut, we're talking about that particular part of the small intestine. And mm-hmm. what we mean is that that part is damaged so that there are literally holes that are big enough to allow large molecules, large food molecules, to leak into the bloodstream. And so that sets up lots and lots of problems. The first problem that we have is that, is, uh, that your digestion is impaired because the bulk, bulk of the digestion that happens for uh, humans happens in the small intestine, in that area. So... Many people who have leaky gut are incredibly malnourished. And the other part that happens is uh, with these large molecules that leak into the bloodstream, that sets up for an immune system response for the body. It's a foreign invader, basically. Pardon? Yes, it's It's a foreign invader. That's correct. So the body says, you know, launch an attack, immune system attack. We've got a foreign protein in the blood. We've got a foreign molecule in the blood. We also have difficulties where um, some of the molecules are broken down partially and uh, they are toxic to the brain function because they break down to a form of morphine. We all know morphine. So gluten and casein, which are usually the big problems, uh, or at least the ones that people point to as the big problems, they're not. Um, The problem is the gut not the gluten, not the casein. They break down into forms of morphine, which can obviously have an incredible uh, uh, impact on brain functions. When we talk about a leaky gut, we're talking about the duodenum of the small intestine. We're talking about it leaking large molecules into the bloodstream, which sets up an an immune system response. So once you have... Uh, a food, quote-unquote, sensitivity, one of them, you just have a leaky gut, and if you don't heal it and seal it, then you will have multiple food sensitivities, and soon you may not be able to eat anything. Plus, we'll get into the autoimmune issue. That's right. Okay, that was a great description. And like we were talking about during a break, there are many things in our current lifestyle that can lead to this. We're not going to focus on those so much in this show. Um, What we're going to focus on more is what to do with this situation. And one of those things is called the GAPS protocol. So can you get into detail about that? Sure, sure. So GAPS, G-A-P-S, stands for the Gut and Psychology Syndrome. It uh, was 
developed by a a Russian medical doctor named Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. You can check her website at daps.me for phenomenal information. She has a book, etc. And what happened was she... um, she had a son who was diagnosed with autism and she as a doctor so she's a doctor who had a son that was diagnosed with autism and she was told that there was nothing they could do just put the child on drugs now you never tell a mother there's nothing you can do when you have a child <laughs> yes ever. so you know all of us mama bears know <laughs> so um, right so this mama bear dr. Natasha started researching to say to see what could she do. And what she came upon was something called the SCD, which is a specific carbohydrate diet that was written by Elaine Gottschall probably 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago now. I believe it was in the 60s. And um, to, to uh, cure ulcerative colitis. And what Dr. Natasha found out was that the SCD with some modifications, which evolved into the GAPS diet, and um, it cures autism and many, many, and schizophrenia and depression and dyslexia and dyspraxia. Basically, it cures all the symptoms that can be traced to a leaky gut or a damaged gut lining. And she called it um, GAPS because she was finding all sorts of individuals who were falling into the gap of medical knowledge, like mm-hmm. all of these people that she found, as I said, autism, ADD, ADHD, autoimmune, dyslexia, dyspraxia, schizophrenia, depression, they all had this one piece that was similar and no one was finding it. And it was this piece about the state of damage of the small intestine lining. So the GAPS diet or the GAPS protocol is something that I teach the cooking for because many people don't know how to to cook for this. It is basically a food diet. It is about healing your gut through food. There are things you don't eat and then there are things that you must eat. Um, And once you know what you're doing, it's really quite easy to implement. Um, So that is the GAPS protocol. Interesting. So what are the things that you avoid and what are the things that you emphasize then in this diet? So the things that you avoid, uh, so what I like to say is that um, the, the foods that we avoid, we are avoiding for two reasons. One, we have to starve the bad guys or starve what we call the opportunistic or putrefying bacteria and yeast. We want to starve them and in order to starve them, we need to um, cut out all sugar. And um, in its most broad sense, we're not just talking about refined white sugar. We're talking about starchy vegetables like potatoes and sweet potatoes. We're talking about all grains. We're talking about all fruits. We're talking about, and then, of course, all sugar. So we're starving the bad guys, and we're also cutting out any food that would not be digestible by a leaky, by a damaged gut. Because if we continue to eat foods that have molecules that cannot be broken down, they will continue to break through the gut lining. Does that make sense? So that's how we get the grains in there. 
people are say, well, grains aren't really carbohydrates. I'm like, they're really protein. I said, you know, here's the deal. We need, it's about the size of the molecule. So long chain proteins, the two that most people know are gluten, uh, gluten from wheat and other grains and casein from milk. Those are two mm. long chain molecules. They're long, they're big molecules that are hard to break down anyway, but they're hard to break down by a damaged gut. And then also the carbohydrates is where everybody misses when, uh, you know, doctors and people will say, oh, put your child on a GFCF diet, which is gluten-free, casein-free. But then what happens is the child, can, the child or the adult uh, continues to eat uh, carbohydrates, which will feed the opportunistic bacteria, number one, and will continue damaging that lining because it's just too big a molecule. So those are the things that we cut out. Of course, we also cut out all soy, um, whether it's fermented or not. We cut out all um, processed foods. I know that makes Americans go a little bonkers, but we can do it. Yes, we um, can. Yeah, so processed foods, soy of all sorts, canola oil is out of there. Um, uh, that's pretty much, yeah, all, of course, all dye, food dyes, any additives of any kind, all those things are, are out. So that's what you do. You cut out things, and mm. then you add things in in order to actually heal. So first you have to stop damaging it and, yes. and starve the bad guys, and then you've got to heal it. And one of the interesting pieces that uh, had not been um, picked up before this particular doctor, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, um, before she started was the role of um, meat stock, the role of gelatin from meat stock that is needed. The gelatin is what heals, is what heals and seals, provides the building blocks for the gut lining, which is no longer being battered by these large molecules, uh, it, uh, it, you know, it provides the building blocks to seal it up again and heal it up again. So okay. that is a piece. Uh, so we add in meat stock, which is different from bone broth, and I'd love to go into that at some point because there's we a will. lot of people that are, don't have a clue of what the difference is and they're actually not getting the benefit they could and sometimes doing more damage. Um, mm-hmm. But also we've had, we, we add in um, live bugs, meaning lacto-fermented foods and cultured dairy. So, Okay, that's, that's a great that's description. Pardon? Yeah, that's, that's a great description. Yeah, so basically you're getting rid of the bad bacteria. You're putting things into the diet which are easy to digest so as not to damage the gut more. And then... You're putting things into the diet as well, which will help it heal and reseal yes. itself. So, yes. okay. Yes, that's a wonderful description. And we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment. So I'm just going to ask you one quick question. Um, sure. It's clear that food is very powerful source of healing for us. Uh, but unfortunately, it seems that the medical establishment here wants us to match every ill with a pill. As opposed to looking at food, what say you to that? You know, I, I one more time with feeling medical doctors get four hours worth of training in nutrition. Yes, four hours in their entire medical training. So, you know, you're just not going to get this piece from the medical from the majority, the vast majority of the medical community. They do not get it. That's one part of it. 
they just don't have the training. And also, we have to remember that pharmaceuticals are very, very much a part of our economy in this country. And Big business. So if you're not trained on what, what, what the body actually needs in terms of food and you are bombarded with, you know, this is a magic pill, it's a silver bullet. We, people want the pill that's going to fix everything. And this just isn't, you know, it's just not going to happen that way. That's right. Totally agree. Yes, I read a great blog this week that I put all over WCUBE social media uh, by a doctor, a functional medical doctor, that basically said that better living through chemistry is not working out. <laughs> it's just Amen. really not working out. No, Amen. it's not. And our, our guest last week, uh, Dr. Robert E. Graham, actually uh, an integrative MD as well, uh, working on bringing the role of food and nutrition back into conventional medicine. So, Love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it, he's doing wonderful work. And so I think with consumer demand that we're going yes. to start seeing the medical community shift in this regard because yeah. doctors getting four hours of training with regards to food is just not acceptable. No, it's, it's really not. But and, and at the same time, we need to remember that the training they are getting is all about counting calories and it right. isn't about the synergy of nutrients and what the body needs to be ha- have at the same time to actually be able to um, access those nutrients. I mean, it's not about the nutrients, folks. If that makes That's sense. Right. It's more, I always think about it as bean counting, kind That's of. That's right. That's right. We don't want bean yeah. counting. Okay. And on that note, we're going to get ready for our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm talking to Monica Corrado about her work as a teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant who focuses on food as medicine, and in particular, healing the gut and associated health issues with the GAPS protocol, which we just discussed. This is powerful stuff. Now, in addition to being a teacher, Monica is also an author and wrote a wonderful cookbook called With Love from Grandmother's Kitchen, Traditional Cooking Techniques for Well-Being. So stay close, and we're going to learn more about that. See you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called wholetreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant, Monica Corrado. And in the previous segments, Monica talked to us about the GAPS protocol, a therapeutic diet which can heal a leaky gut and have a huge effect on immune and neurological disorders like autism and ADHD. So now let's change gears a bit and discuss Monica's wonderful cookbook called With Love from Grandmother's Kitchen, Traditional Cooking Techniques for Well-Being. This book is a real gem because Monica shares her wisdom about preparing traditional, nourishing food that's been lost to many of us as we looked to prepare processed food quickly from boxes or just buy it from a fast food establishment. Monica's point in her book is that this way of living is not serving us. As she wrote... So here we are today, standing at the brink of ecological and health disaster. Our planet is sick. Our children are sick. We are sick. Obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's, ADD, ADHD, Asperger's, autism spectrum disorders, health crises nearly everywhere we look. So Monica's argument is that we can work our way out of this mess by spending more time preparing traditional nourishing food in the kitchen. We should just make that a priority. So let's discuss that. Monica, how would you differentiate real nutrient-dense food from junk food? What's the difference? Wow. Okay, do we have an hour? Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's a big... Okay, real nutrient-dense food. Okay, versus junk food. So there's two pieces to the first part, actually. Real food and nutrient-dense food. Real food is anything that uh, is close to the source, if you will, um, and clean. So close to the source meaning vegetables that are, you know, the, the vegetable itself as opposed to being canned or frozen or, you know, anything else. Um, so food that's close to the source and that's grown in a way that is um, sustainable, organic or biodynamic, something that's stewarding the earth. So Real food is food that I always say doesn't come in a box or a bag or a can or a jar. Um, in our house, we talk about how things should not, first of all, they shouldn't have a label. If they have a label, there shouldn't be more than five ingredients on that label. And, um, and certainly, one must be able to pronounce every ingredient on that label. So that's kind of the real food um, definition. Within real food, there's what we call 
nutrient-dense food, and nutrient-dense food, I always ask this question of my students, so I'm happy I get to say it. Nutrient-dense food is food that has uh, proportionately many, many nutrients in a small amount of, of space, if you will, or in a small serving size. So traditional nutrient-dense foods, the number one nutrient-dense food is liver. It's an organ meat. And the reason that we call it a nutrient-dense food is because of the proportion of vitamins and nutrients in that particular food uh, to its weight, if you will. It is the number one nutrient-dense food on the planet. So that is one. So all organ meats are nutrient-dense. Um, fish eggs are nutrient-dense. These things uh, that just have more nutrients per ounce or per gram or whatever you want to call it, depending on how you slice it, pardon the pun, um, the nutrient-dense foods are real foods, but they happen to have much more um, nutrients uh, in them. Um, so sometimes what I'll do is when I teach, I'll be on the chalkboard and draw a picture of a cube of liver, uh, calves liver, beef liver, chicken liver. That's about the size of, I don't know, maybe it's a half-inch cube, quarter-inch cube, if you will, a little, I shade it in, I put it on a blackboard. And then I draw a great big, huge, you know, uh, a bag of uh, pirate booty. Ha-ha. You know, <laughs> how many bags of pirate booty, pardon me, but that's just a snack that people say is a healthy snack for children, which is ridiculous. Um <laughs> In any case, and we have to have how many bags? You would never uh, be able to match the nutrients in this little tiny bit of liver with uh, so much of what's out there. So junk food then would be, um, oh, there's just so much of it now. So junk food is really, I mean, you could just say it's anything that is um, in the center of the grocery store. And there's shades of things, of course. Uh, what I mean by that is I call the center of the grocery store, whether it's an organic store, a co-op, Walmart, Costco, uh, Safeway, it doesn't matter what the store is. If you were to take the roof off that store and you looked in the center of that store, that's what we call the dead zone. Mm. And so within the dead zone of all that food that is so shelf-stable that it will never rot, uh, there are various degrees of junk, if you will. Yes. So some of them will say, oh, I'm organic, but it's still dead. Yes. And, uh, others of it will be, you know, the worst junk food, of course, are the ones that have 50, 30 to 50 to 60 different ingredients that you can't even pronounce it's right out of a lab. And, you know, God bless your body trying to figure out what the heck is in there. That's right. <laughs> to use okay. fuel. Okay, good differentiation between the two. Now, let's talk about your cookbook a little bit more. Anna, you cover 10 traditional cooking techniques, like making whey, lacto-fermentation, which you mentioned previously, soaking and preparing legumes, and so on. A lot of great stuff. And chapter three, in particular, is about nutrient-dense stock. Now, you had mentioned that stock is an important part of the GAPS diet. So can you talk to us about why that is? Sure. But the first thing I need to let you know is that <clears throat> the nutrient-dense stock that is in With Love from Grandmother's Kitchen is also known as bone broth or mm -hmm. it's known as bone stock. Mm -hmm. So it's made with what I have termed bony bones, 
lots of bones. And yes. it cooks for a very, very long time. It could be beef, it could be chicken, it could be lamb, doesn't matter. But the point of that, Chapter 3, is it's nutrient-dense bone stock. And by the way, I'm going to be putting out a revised edition, expanded edition of that book within the next six, eight months, which will go into this more. What we need for healing the gut lining is what we call meat stock. Got it. Meat stock is not even in that book. Okay. Because meat stock is about cooking meat for a very sh- meat with a bone in it for a very short period of time, and uh, the reason for that is twofold. One, the gelatin from meat stock is more healing to the gut lining than from bone stock, and two, once we start cooking bones, whether they have meat on them or not for a long period of time, the glutamate um, concentration goes through the roof. So bone stock has, is very high in glutamate, and people who have a leaky gut also have a leaky brain membrane, and therefore they can, be trig- they can have neurological symptoms triggered if they have high amounts of glutamate in their diet. So meat stock is the way to go to heal your leaky gut, Bone stock is what you go, you start using after that, that is healed. Okay. All right. That's good to know. So the meat stock then is you're just using a lot of meat in addition to some bone to make the stock. Well, it's the way that Dr. Natasha describes it is meat with a joint in it. Okay. Meat with a joint in it. So that could be an entire chicken, quite frankly, because that's meat with lots of joints in it. Right. It could be, you know, turkey thighs, lamb shanks. Um, you know, also buco cut for, of beef, etc. And I just want to let you know that because of this difference of bone stock versus meat stock and the confusion, I actually have an ebook that will be coming out in the next, hopefully within the next month or two at the latest, specifically on this technique of how to make meat stock and how to make bone stock or bone broth. Oh, okay. And where could we find that and what will it be called? You will find that on Celine River Press, which is S-E-L-E-N-E. Celine River Press is my publisher. And, um, yes, it's called Cooking Techniques for the GAPS Diet, uh, Part 1, Meat Stock and Bone Broth. Okay. All right. That sounds like it'll be great. Now, I assume you are on social media. I know I'm following you. For example, yes. can you let our listeners know where they can follow you so that they can keep track of these wonderful things that you're publishing? Sure, of course. So on Facebook, um, I have a page, Simply Being Well. They can follow me there. I'd love it. On Twitter, same, Simply Being Well. Um, golly, what else is there? Ha <laughs> ha, my website is simplybeingwell.com. So, uh yeah, that's probably okay. all I'm doing right about now. I'm Instagramming too, but not that much yet. Okay, so simply being well on Facebook, 
the web. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, get on those things and follow Monica so that you can keep track of these publications that are coming out with all this wonderful information. So yes. on that note, let's get ready for our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and I'm talking to Monica Corrado about her work as a teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant who focuses on food as medicine. She's also an author who wrote the cookbook we were just discussing, With Love from Grandmother's Kitchen, Traditional Cooking Techniques for Well-Being, and she'll be coming out with even more stuff. We will see you on the flip side with some final thoughts about nourishing food and some more contact info for Monica. Stay close and we'll see you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and my guest today is teaching chef and certified nutrition consultant, Monica Corrado. And we talked about a lot of great stuff today, how to help leaky gut, autoimmune diseases, and neurological issues with a therapeutic diet like the GAPS protocol, also the value of traditional cooking techniques for overall health, as described in her cookbook, With Love from Grandmother's Kitchen, Traditional Cooking Techniques for Well-Being. And we also mentioned that some other great things are coming out, too, where she's going to focus more on meat broth. So let's wrap up with some final thoughts about food. And I have one question about what I refer to as the abomination known as boxed cereal, which you also make mention of in your cookbook because it's very prevalent in the American diet, but it's also uh, not very nutritious. So from the research I've done, I understand it's extruded, so everything's heated up to a very high temperature to form these flakes or pops or whatever. 
uh, it's denatured junk and it really shouldn't be considered food. Do you care to elaborate on that? Ha! <laughs> of course. Yes. So about, golly gee, I don't know how many years ago, maybe three or four years ago, I wrote a blog post, which is still up, which, is, uh, which I called, uh, I named Box Cereal is Not Food. Yeah. So, yeah, box cereal is not food. And I don't know how many hits I got. I don't know, thousands of hits in like the first two days. It was people were going crazy. They were not happy with me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yes, um, boxed cereal is not food. And it's amazing to me that people actually think it is. But, of course, we have to remember that the USG uh, went ahead and put whole grains as the bottom of the food pyramid, that most important food pyramid for like 30 years where, um, you know, grains, you have to have eight to 12 servings of whole grains in your diet every day. And so box cereal really took off at that point. So here are the difficulties with boxed cereal. Number one, all grains are full of what we call anti-nutrients. And we'll just let that sink in, anti-nutrients. So we Doesn't have sound to good. be, yeah, they're, they're not nutrients, they're anti-nutrients. It takes more nutrients for your body to break those things down than you actually get from it. That's number one. Um, it's also full of what we call um, phytic acid and enzyme inhibitors, um, which block the absorption of, phytic acid blocks the absorption of minerals in the small intestine. I don't know about you, but I need my minerals. Yeah, me too. Um, I think we all do. Yeah. Um, so these particular uh, grains, all grains need to be either soaked or sprouted or fermented before they are actually digestible by the human body. Which you mentioned in so your cookbook. 99 po- pardon? Which you mentioned in your cookbook. Yes. So 99.9999% of the cereal in that aisle has not been soaked, sprouted, or fermented, meaning sourdough, if you will, um, in a way, prepared in a way that uh, your body can uh, digest it. So that's the first problem. So number two is the one that you, uh, you said, which is they are, again, the vast majority are subjected to very high heat and very high pressure, which, by the way, totally destroys all of the nutrients and vitamins that... <laughs> that they wouldn't, that the grains would be able to give you if they were prepared in a way that they were, that, that they're actually digestible. So yeah, box cereal and is not food. Um, it's basically empty calories, empty carb calories. And if it has wheat in it, then we've got the problem, of course, of gluten, which is another whole issue for uh, the American public. So they're basically boxes of, um, yeah, Boxes of sugar that are masturbating as nutritious. And I always love that, uh, that, that test that was done where they fed rats, laboratory rats, the cereal, and the other group had the box that the cereal was in, and the ones that had the box and ate the box that the cereal was in lived longer than those rats that ate the cereal. Yes, That's I've heard about that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. So abomination for sure. What would you recommend for the first meal of the day? Bacon and eggs and good butter. Mm. Good, and again, whenever I speak, I'm talking about the cleanest food you can find, organic or biodynamic, 
you know, from stewarded, um, you know, uh, animals that were stewarded, um, pasture-raised, etc., um, from a farmer, uh, either raised yourself or a far- local farmer that you know what they're doing. So eggs, bacon, and butter. That's, oh. that's your breakfast. With Yum. a nice, wonderful glass of raw milk on the side. Okay. And speaking of lunatic farmers, you recently yes. visited Joel Salatin's Polyface Farm. Please tell us about him and that operation. Well, Joel Salatin is a personal, a dear, dear friend of, of mine and just a personal hero. Um, he is known as the high priest of pasture. <laughs> He's also the number one grass farmer in the country. Uh, he calls himself, he's a self-proclaimed, yes, lunatic farmer. Yes. And everything he's trying to do is illegal. And what he's trying to do is farm in a way that stewards the land and the animals, um, which results in incredibly nutrient-dense eggs, I'll use that term again, and meat. Um, and he is uh, going around teaching uh, anyone will listen how to put the animals back on the land where they belong so yes. they can be pasture raised. And he also has a phenomenal uh, internship and apprenticeship program. So um, he's really spreading the word of how to get out of this uh, CAFO crisis, which is confined animal feeding operation crisis, which results in, you know, just... Um, really nutrient uh, deficient meats uh, that are full of hormones and antibiotics and all sorts of things, including GMO soy and corn and things that our bodies should not be eating. Remember, we are what we eat eats. Yes, that's right. So my visit was fantastic and it's always inspiring to me. Um, It always is just phenomenal and inspiring to be there. He sounds great. I would love to have him on the show sometime, actually. He sounds really Ooh. wonderful. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right. So now we just have a couple minutes left. Tell us again where to find you on the web and social media so we can keep track of everything that you're doing. Sure. So my website is simplybeingwell.com. My, you can find me on Facebook, on my Facebook business page, which is Simply Being Well, Cooking for Wellbeing. I'm also on Twitter at Simply Being Well. Um, yeah, that's that's where to find me. And um, I did just want to let folks know that if anybody's interested in learning how to implement the uh, gut and psychology syndrome um, diet, I just just this week have published my next chart, which is how to in- implement the GAPS diet, and it's available on my website at at Simply Being Well. And you look for Learn How to Cook and Products, where you'll find my book and, all, and some other charts about how to soak beans and grains and how to feed babies, um, first real foods, etc. Wonderful stuff. That's great stuff, Monica. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today, but it was really great for you to stop by today and share your wisdom about the power of real nutrient-dense foods and what they can do for our health. So keep up the good work getting this information out there. Thank you again. It was great. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next time 
next week, same time, same place, our guest will be Dr. Kenneth Sharlin, and he'll discuss the fascinating subject of epigenetics, or how we can control, through our lifestyle choices like food, the expression or repression of 70% of our genes. This is very empowering information because we're really not victims of our DNA. A lot of it's under our control. And in the meantime, you can follow my company, W Cubed, on Facebook, or connect with me on Twitter at Sandra G. Malhotra. You can also check out all of our activities at wcubedcommunity.com. You can sign up for updates, including promos for next week's Gen R show, so you're always in the know. Thank you so much again for joining us. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit.